Welcome to Mom Blogging Unplugged, where we go behind the scenes on all the things that people won't tell you about this crazy mom blogging world. I'm your host, Erica. I'm a mom of two, marketing expert, blogger behind Mumbreak, and lover of all things deep fried. I think that this world of mom blogging is a bit too cagey, so I am going to bring on guests for you who will answer all the tough questions and things that people don't usually talk about. I want to help take your blog to the next level by giving you the real information without beating around the bush. I am going to be completely honest with you guys. This is the second time that I've recorded this podcast episode. I spent a ton of time a week ago trying to create the perfect first episode for you. I thought about different topics, I drafted notes, and then I realized that the very best place to start when introducing my new podcast was just to introduce myself. I have spent the last few years blogging about my life from the perspective of being a mom and having kids, but I very rarely shared the side of things that include me being a business owner and a marketer and hustling to build my business in the back end. So here I am recording my episode number one of my new podcast for the second time. I'm not, maybe I'll put the other one in outtake someday, but I just, I really wanted to talk to you guys about who I am outside of my two kids and my life as a, I'm doing air quotes here, stay at home mom, because most people think when they watch me, and if you have no idea who I am or how you got here, if you watch me on Mum Break. So that's my blog. Um, if you go to Instagram at mum.break, that's where I share a lot of my life. And I really, I share a ton about my kids. I share a ton about cleaning and I share a lot about mom guilt and breastfeeding and all the things that sort of come up in my journey. But in the back end of things, I'm still building a business doing marketing campaigns, building websites, taking on new clients. And I thought the very best place to start was by talking about how I got to this point and what my background's actually like. And for those of you who don't know, my background is actually in marketing. I have been in marketing for the last 10 to 15 years. I've run marketing teams in the financial sector, in the telecommunications sector, all of the teams have been relatively small. It's either been just me or at most we've had a team of five. So that basically means in the marketing world that instead of specializing in one specific thing, like they have marketers who do just email campaigns, I literally did everything. So everything from writing to editing to pitching a press release to working with media and journalists or in some cases our PR agency in um, some cases, I was working with our website developers who we outsourced, and in other cases, I was actually being the person who built our website or did the edits because we didn't have the budget to you know, hire them by the hour to make changes to a specific web page. I was the person who oversaw three or four rebrands from a huge budget to designing and creating things my own. I was the person who organized events, everything from calling caterers to booking the space to doing the builds to hiring out all the ad space for it and working with budgets of like $300,000. I have done just about everything. I, I mean, I have written scripts for videos. I've done the video editing. I've hired the video editors. 
And that's what really a marketing generalist does is it's just you're getting your hands dirty, feet wet, hands, uh, I don't know. My mom brain apparently doesn't come back until your kids are five. So I have a few years to go. It's, it's just that I was doing a little bit of everything. And I started in that world and I started um, in the financial sector and investor relations when I was living in Toronto and my husband got relocated for work. And so we went back home to our hometown of Ottawa and sort of just restarted our careers there. And I ended up in the tech sector because if you're from Ottawa or you are familiar with the marketing like landscape in Canada, Ottawa is very tech centric. So there's really not much else you do. And I never expected myself to be in tech, but that's where I ended up. And it was great experience because it's a totally different world. And I got so much more exposure and I was working on building my career and I was working 10, 13 hour days and I was loving it. And it was the center of my life. Everything I was working towards was to work my way up the ladder at my company. And there was so much potential, but then as I'm sure you can relate, if you've been in this situation, you decide at some point along the way that you want to have a family. And as much as I want to admit it, having a family as a working woman versus a working man, you're impacted so much more than if you were a man in that situation. Things changed and I had to make sacrifices and my career shifted. So when I had my first daughter or my first daughter, my first child, because I only have one daughter and I have a chunky little boy at home as well. When I had my daughter, she's three and a half now, I got pregnant and it's funny because when you're pregnant with your first, if you've had more than one or if you've already had your first, you'll appreciate that you're a really good parent before you're actually a parent. With my first, like I didn't plan to go off work until two days before my delivery date. I was working and working and hustling and I was just, I thought I could do it all. And when it turned out at my 37 week appointment that I needed to go in and get induced the next day because I had some high risk complication, it kind of just snapped to me that things may never be the same again. And I'm never going to be able to plan in the same way again. And then, you know what? I dove into the world of being a mom. I struggled with postpartum depression. I struggled with adapting to my new life. I really, I really had really hard time going from the fact that I was so career, career focused and working in this marketing space. And I I had built up my whole, maybe not my whole life, but I'd spent so much time and energy towards this one goal that was now not my big focus anymore. Now my big focus was sitting at home and getting this kid to burp, but not throw up on me when they burp. It was about changing 18 dirty diapers a day or, God, I don't even remember the newborn stage. And I have a one-year-old. I feel like I should remember this, but I feel like you block it out for a reason. Otherwise, people wouldn't do it again. It it was a blur, honestly. And around four months, it got to the point where my postpartum was so bad that I ended up going to therapy. And um, I started to sort of pull myself out a bit. But before I went to therapy, one of the ways that I coped with the struggle and the transition was by starting my very first business. I started my first business when my daughter was three months old. I, I don't know why that seemed like a good idea at the time in hindsight. seems a little bit crazy or honestly, it was probably a lot of the, you know, hormones and postpartum that played into factor because I started a handmade baby shop. And honestly, guys, 
I sewed growing up. Um, it's always been something I'm passionate about, but I am not passionate about making baby clothes and accessories. It was just something that fit at that point in my life. And because I had this awesome marketing background, the business grew and it grew to the point where I was replacing my full-time salary with this baby business. But I, I don't know, something just hadn't clicked. So at that point, three months, I started my, my baby business. And obviously, um, I'm starting to pull myself a little bit out of the hole. So four to five months, six months, starting to feel a little bit more like myself. I have this business. I have this baby. I'm just starting to get a little bit more control of my life. And at that point, I was looking at my numbers and I realized that I could have, there was another business opportunity that presented itself because in the space of handmade baby stuff, if you will, I'm just going to say stuff, the over umbrella of just stuff that people make and sell. There was a gap in the market for people who sold baby fabric, specific to shops making baby things. And so like the dummy that I was, who was finally getting control of my life, decided to start my second business while also simultaneously running my first one. And yeah, being a first time mom of like a six month old. The timing may be a little bit off here, give or take a few months, but eh, you know. Um, so I started a second business. It was an online fabric company specializing in fabrics for handmade baby shops. And guys, that one did so well. I, again, was replacing my salary. I was doing really well, but here's the catch. I was working one zillion hours a day. And yeah, okay, obviously not an actual number, I'm exaggerating, but it was to the point where, thank God I have a supportive husband because he would get home from work. He works an earlier day, so he got home 3.30, 3.45 every day. I would hand off the baby to him and go downstairs and sew and do orders and pack things until like 11 o'clock every night. I didn't spend time with my baby. I didn't spend time with my husband and things were a little bit crazy. Um, at this point I was out of therapy. My postpartum was better, but I was anxious all the time because I was working. If you include the hours of having a newborn one, like, I don't know, all the hours of the day, there was only six, seven hours, six hours a night. I was, I was sleeping, but then obviously some of that was disturbed because I had a young baby. Um, and I kept going because the money was good and I had a mission, right? Like it was tying back to my previous life and it made me feel a little bit more whole even though I was exhausted and burnt out and sacrificing time with my daughter and this is where it got a little bit tricky at one point in Canada we have a 12-month mat leave or at that time we did and come 12 months I had to decide am I going to go back to work or am I going to pursue these businesses and at this point in time I knew that I was planning to have a second child and um, employment insurance or unemployment insurance or whatever you want to call it, um, pays out a good amount of money. So if I had, if I didn't go back to work, essentially that would be giving up $25,000 in unemployment insurance for my second child. And I know that's not how you're supposed to look at it, but really it was a deciding factor for our family. And in order to have that salary from the two businesses, I would need to be working one zillion hours. And if I outsourced it, the I looked into outsourcing things and hiring people on, and then the profit margins just weren't good enough at that point. So here's the decision. I have a new baby. She's a year. A new baby, I guess she's one. She's almost a toddler at that point. 
I have two businesses, both doing really well, but things that I'm not particularly passionate about. And I have a job with a steady salary to go back to that I was passionate about and came easy to me. So I made the decision to try to do it all. <laughs> you know what? In hindsight, hindsight's 2020. But I tried for three months to have a baby, have a full-time job, and to run two businesses on the side that had picked up to the point where they were full-time gigs. Obviously, I crashed and burned. I mean, that's not a shock to anybody. But... I tried and I'm glad I did because now I know that, hey guys, guess what? <laughs> That's not possible. Uh, I can see some eye rolls in the background right now, but it, um, it was a good learning experience. So at that point, then I decided, you know what? I am going to put things on hold. I sold off all of my inventory for the handmade baby shop. I had a big sale and I dumped everything and I put it on hold. And the fabric business, I just sent out an email and said, guys, I'm closing down. I can't do this right now. I need to focus on my family. And everyone was super supportive. And then I went back to work. Eventually, I actually sold the fabric company as well, which I probably should have done immediately. But that turned out to be a great decision. And the person who's running it now is crushing it. And they're doing such a good job. So it's it's turned out to be a good thing. So I went back to work um, in my marketing job. And I had no side businesses and just a baby. And I had all this free time in the world. And you can obviously see where this is going. I wanted to start a new project. But because of the burnout and because of, you know, conversations with my husband that were maybe not so supportive of starting a new business, rightfully so, to be totally honest, I started the blog. And that's where I started Mumbreak. I was at the point where... I was working full time. I had my daughter. She was, you know, a top full toddler at that point. And I needed a creative outlet because I was used to having these two businesses that were my baby. And I I jumped headfirst and two feet into into mum break. I created I created the blog um when my daughter was about a year and a half old. So uh two years ago now. Oh yeah, I'm coming. I just passed my two-year anniversary. Interesting. Cool. And Maybe I should mark these things down and do like a little gold balloon on Instagram or something, but that seems like a lot of work. It doesn't really seem like me. Anywho, I uh, jumped into Mumbreak and the rest is kind of history. I, I sort of fell into my niche. I loved what I did. I've always had no filter to the point where people gave me shit when I was younger about being too honest or not thinking before I speak. And... It's played out really well because I, I truly, I was lucky. When I turned 30, I got to the point where, and I should probably stop swearing because who knows if kids are around or in the car, but I give zero Fs what people think. The people I do care what they think about me are close friends and family. Those ones are the most important to me, but people on the internet who I've, I've never met, I'm not really, you know, too worried if you give a shit if I breastfed or bottle fed my baby. It's, it's not a thing that bothers me. So I was... Using that style and that approach in Mumbreak to be super open and super candid and something about it just stood out because at that point when I started blogging, we were in the era of perfect feeds and I think we're starting to come out of that now, but it was the era of perfection and Pinterest perfect and everything was staged and everything was lovely and Instagram was no longer instant. It was polished and scheduled. And that wasn't me. What that actually led to was a really interesting opportunity with my business partner, Lana. 
So we actually teamed up and started a business called Bytown Academy, and it all stemmed from this video that I created. About a year and a half ago now, I created a video on postpartum depression. And it was really raw. It was talking about all the things that I struggled with, all the feelings and emotions that I had. And I think really the best way to describe it is raw. It, I laid it out all on the table. I so One of the first videos I actually edited to make it a little bit more polished. And it caught her attention because at that point in time, people weren't being quite as candid as that video was. So... She actually invited me to be a guest speaker on social media and growing your following at one of her events, which was really cool. It was, I think, actually the first real kind of speaking engagement that I did. And it was a room of female entrepreneurs because her business is targeted towards coaching female entrepreneurs. And so it was a group of female entrepreneurs, some I already knew through the Ottawa network because it's a small community in Ottawa, and others I had never met before. And so she asked me to speak on social media specifically to how I had grown my three businesses because at that point I had my baby shop, my fabric shop, and this blog that I had all grown with really awesome, super fun audiences that I loved. So I spoke to that and after the event, we went out for a beer and she said to me, like, I know you're busy, but I have this idea. I really, really want to create a more affordable option for female entrepreneurs who need business coaching and marketing help because she was a high-end coaching service at that point. And realistically, that's not always in budget for people. And she said, I would love for us to do this together and for you to be the marketing side of things. And then thus begun my third business. I, or fourth, I guess, because I guess at this point we're including one break. So fourth business. I, we launched together a business called Bytown Academy. And the goal of Bytown Academy was to be an online or a virtual school for female entrepreneurs. And we combined my knowledge of all the backend marketing stuff. So campaigns, workflows, social media, advertising, um, public relations, web development, design, with her coaching and business acumen and finance and really just teaching people how to sell and how to create your pitches properly. So we created an online course that was available specifically for female, female, female entrepreneurs. And we designed all of those. We did all the video lessons. We created this really awesome community online. And I'll link this all up in, in below so you can go check her out because she's still running with it. I am obviously not at this point. But, um, so what we did was we launched this really epic course together and we went through the launch process and fun fact, at this point I was running mum break, still working full time in my day job and, um, I was pregnant. <laughs> I was super duper pregnant with Austin. So when we actually went into course launch for our very first, first course launch ever, I was eight months pregnant with Austin and working full-time and doing mum break. And I was fit and had a toddler at home. And so it was organized chaos. It was so exciting and it was such a high because it was really, it was truly doing all the things that I loved. I was helping people with marketing, but in a way that was attainable and easy and affordable and it fit their schedule and lifestyles. Um, but it was freaking busy. 
Um, because on top of that, you all, we also had an online community on Facebook where we helped people through Facebook group and, uh, supported people that way. So we did our first launch and it did really well. Um, we definitely hit our goals. We made a ton of money. It was great. And then I had the baby. I was now in baby number two. I had Austin and I had a newborn at home or a, and a toddler at home. And the thing that I didn't plan for, because of course, I'm assuming you know the type of person I am now, I plan things. I did not plan for Austin to end up in the NICU. I planned to have a perfectly healthy baby who I could just pop back into work because newborns, if you know, if you're a second time mom, or if you're out of the newborn stage as a first time mom, you know that newborns really just sleep. So the second time round, you realize that you have all this time during the day at night, you're exhausted and you're up all the time. But during the day, you have all this time where the baby's just sleeping. And I plan to take advantage of that and keep going and keep building this by town business. Um, but Austin ended up in the NICU. I will also say that because of the Bytown stuff, I actually branched out into marketing consulting as well. So I build a bunch of websites, help people with their campaigns, but that was just for, um, businesses that I was really passionate about and that, um, of people who I know at that point. Anyway, so Austin ended up in the NICU. He's fine now. He was there for a week, but it really just, it, it had this click in my brain of, I am doing so much and I love it, but it's not possible to do it all. And I need to focus on this newborn baby who needs me so much. And it wasn't like that with Aubrey. Let me tell you, when I had my first kid, I struggled to adjust and it was a real challenge. But for some reason, I just said, I can't do this anymore. And I had a really hard conversation with Lana and I said, look, I can't, I have to step back from this because it's not... I can't do all of these things and it doesn't make sense to cut out mum break because to me, the blog was really just documenting a journey that I was already on. It wasn't creating a new path, if you will. Like, whereas the uh, online school was, it was almost a totally separate entity, whereas mum break was just integrated into my daily life. So it's an, it was work, but it wasn't like I was creating events or activities for it. It was just something that was already happening organically. And I stepped back from that when he was, when I was just kind of in the thralls of postpartum depression with him again, with him, number round number two of postpartum. And I just started focusing on me and my mental health. And that's when I really dove head first into mom break because I knew how important it was to take care of myself. And without getting all preachy about it and getting back on my soapbox, it's, for me, with the mental health stuff and with the work and how much I tend, when I tend to bite off more than I can chew, it was it was just so important for me to only be focusing on one thing for the first time in my entire life. So um, that's really how it all got started. So who knows what's going to happen next. But the point is, is right now, I'm at the point where I've had mum break for two years. I have been in marketing for the past 10 plus years and I'm blogging full time and I really, I really wanted to start this podcast because like my style from a mom blogging perspective, I find as though, you know, I'm just going to say this in a, I'm going to say this really in a really raw way. I find people are far too freaking cagey about the stuff that they share with other people online. And what I mean by that is 
I find people aren't willing to give the nitty gritty of what they're doing because they feel as though it's the secret sauce to some magical success. And that is total BS. There is, you're the secret sauce. How you are as a person and how you connect with your audience and the kinds of things you share, that's just who you are. That's not some magical formula that's gonna get you people, get you followers or get you money from ad deals. It has nothing to do with being cagey about the filter you use or the different course you took or the different affiliate program you're using. That is something we can all share and benefit from. And it pisses me off so much. I'm going to, I'll get off my soapbox in a second. It pisses me off so much when people aren't willing to share how they've achieved success and to just say things like, no big deal. I just, I just do it all by myself. There was a really, and if you listen to or read, I say listen to because I don't read any books. I just listen to all the audiobooks. In the new Rachel Hollis book, she totally calls out, I think it's Jessica Alba and the Honest Company, who was on, I'm going to butcher this, but I'm going to say Ellen or some other talk show. And she calls out the anecdote that she saw this mom who's running this massive business. And I'm going to say Ellen for the lack of who knows who it actually was. I think Ellen. Ellen asked her, how do you do it all as a mom and as a business owner? And Jessica said, I just manage my time properly. And that's BS because she has assistants out the wazoo. She has a full team of people. And that is not telling the whole truth. I'm sure she's good at managing time, but no person in the history of the entire world can manage enough time and do things efficiently enough to be able to do all of that by herself without help. Her kids have nannies, nanny, nannies, daycare, whatever. It's not the full truth. Another example of something that was really frustrating is a while back when I was first starting my mom blogging adventure, honestly, at the very beginning, I would say two years ago, I asked somebody what filter they're using on their feed. And I thought it was an innocent enough question, but when they answered, I'll give them credit for answering, they actually didn't even give me the filter they were using. They just said, oh, just some random one I love on Biscose. It's, why not just tell me the filter? Do they think that they're not gonna tell me because I'll use the same filter and I'm gonna beat them out on brand deals? No, that would never happen. We need to, hold on, I'm not done off my soapbox. Oh, give, me, give me one more minute and then I'll step off. We need to, as an industry, and specifically mom blogging, we need to build up the industry to the point where it becomes a reputable place for moms to make money to support their family. We are a business, and the more people who treat it like a business and to help each other grow and to create an industry, the more seriously brands and business will take us, and the more they'll realize that we have an impact on their bottom line, and we can help them grow their businesses. And then because of that, there'll be more money and the industry will grow. So I'm sort of stepping off my soapbox now because I got a little bit heated. I, the reason I started this podcast and the reason I'm going back and telling you about my history is because I haven't shared that side of things because it just wasn't relevant at the time. But I think it's at the point now where we need to support each other and we need to be okay sharing the things that we do to find success because there is not, I will never find somebody who is exactly like me. You, whoever you are that's listening right now, 
Sarah, Kelly, Jennifer, you guys will never find someone who is exactly like you. You offer something special and unique and you do something in your own special way that makes you unique to brands. So therefore, if I can help the industry and I can help you and you guys grow through the tips and tricks and things that I've done, then ultimately it helps me in the industry too because it makes a bigger industry with more money where we can all benefit from. Okay, I feel a little bit like that was a lot. (laughs) Welcome to my new blog, (laughs) Mum Blogging Unplugged. Uh, I'll try to keep the rants to a minimum. Most of uh, the interviews coming up, I've actually already recorded them. I tried to batch them before uh, I set to launch and I wanted to save this one till the end because I wasn't quite sure what I was doing with this episode, as I sort of alluded to at the beginning. But I'm going to be doing uh, a few episodes where I can share some of my tips and I'm going to be doing a few episodes where I'm interviewing people and stealing their ideas to share with you guys. I have made sure that all of the guests I bring on or have brought on so far and interviewed already are like me in the sense that they're supportive to other women in the space and they have no problem sharing the hard questions and as part of my process to bring on and onboard uh, different podcasters and different guests, I ask everybody in a forum, I say, is there anything that's off limits in this conversation? And I'm happy to say that every single person I've sent this to so far has said no. There's certain things that I respect the boundaries to be off limits. Some people don't share certain things about their children or I myself, I don't share a ton about my husband at his request and that's okay. But from the perspective of mom blogging, I want to dig into what people are actually doing. And I want people to be able to say, hey, I'm using this exact filter. Hey guys, guess what? Right now, and I'm sure it'll change in a bit because I have Instagram feed. Eh, I change a lot. I get bored and I change it. But right now I'm using, um, I forget the name of it. This is a horrible example, but I'm using the filter from The Blush Home. And it's just the main filter. She has a set of six, but I just picked the main one. I'm using that one. Before that, I was using the Jillian Harris filter. I want to be at the point where I'm just going to tell people what they need to succeed so that we can all succeed. Thank you guys so much. If you have been listening and you found this valuable, I would love, love, love for you to subscribe because, hey, guess what? The more people who subscribe, the more I can pitch a brand and get a sponsor and make money. And if lots of people subscribe, I can keep going with this. And if nobody subscribes and people don't like it, then I'll probably slow down. (laughs) Ah, yeah. You know what? People say that at the end of every podcast. And in reality, the reason I want you to subscribe is to know that the content I'm creating is good and it's right for you. And also because that will help me get sponsors onto this podcast that will help me grow my brand and hopefully the con- bring in bigger guests for you guys and create content that will help you that's the actual truth behind it so comment subscribe share it with your friends thanks guys have a great day and hope you guys find time to have an awesome mum break today in your day cheers <laughs>